Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the fourth episode of the podcast. Thank you for coming back. My name is Ali, and I am your host, and I invite you to sit and psych for a while. If you ever have any topics or questions you would like me to address in the podcast, please reach out to me via email or via Facebook and Twitter. Also, make sure you're subscribed and following so you don't miss any news or updates regarding upcoming episodes. So in the last episode, we talked about what an addiction is, what it looks like. In this episode, we'll talk more about the actual recovery process of an addiction. So that includes the initial issues that an individual in their recovery might face, ongoing issues, and what is required for them to be able to maintain that sober lifestyle. So without further ado, please have a seat and enjoy the show. So just to review, there are different levels of care that depending on how severe the addiction is, the individual may need to be able to break away from the cycle that they have been for some time now. And it may be that they require a residential for a period of 90 to 60 to 30 days just to be able to remove themselves from that environment and be able to start making some changes and a residential is a full live-in situation where they're around counselors in a controlled environment around other people that are struggling with the same thing and there's a lot of structure there's a lot of routine to be able to help them just get out of that cycle that they have been in the past and start doing new healthy behaviors while at the same time being in a safe place that can nurture that change nurture that positive progress that they're making then stepping down into an outpatient setting such as a partial hospitalization program PHP for short a PHP program is a full day program typically five to six days a week uh, from early morning to mid-afternoon of groups and psychoeducation, psychotherapy to be able to work through whatever is going on in their lives that was allowing the cycle to continue. Another level of care, which is one step below that, would be IOP, Intensive Outpatient Program, which would entail three to five days a week at three to four hours a day. Again, just to provide them that structure and help them work through issues that they're facing on a day-to-day basis now that they've stopped using substances and now they're facing all these different dry emotions and things that they've never dealt with before while sober. So providing them with the right skills, tools, and a safe place to process those different experiences will be very important. Once a person completes a PHP, IOP, then they can look into a lower level of care, such as an outpatient individual or an outpatient aftercare group. And this is gonna provide them with basically a continuing aftercare that helps them in their maintenance stage of their recovery. So carrying on that progress and that positive change that they've started to make in their life and 
now that they've started this process, there's still a lot more work to do. Uh, there's a lot of changes and adaptations they have to make to their life. It's a lifestyle change. It's not just stopping one thing. It's stopping a lot of different things or changing a lot of different things in your life that will allow this positive progress to continue and not stop in the future. Because, yeah, they've become sober, but life isn't just going to change automatically and become better. There are a lot of changes they have to make. And now that they're not using or drinking, all those stressors and all those life events that they've been numbing or suppressing for a long time are now being dealt with in a healthy way. So what are the initial challenges that an individual in their early recovery is facing? Well, for one, the cravings that we previously mentioned and the thoughts or urges to want to go back to using. Now, cravings are a little different from thoughts and urges in that cravings are more visceral. That you feel them, they're physical feelings, almost like being hungry. As opposed to thoughts and urges and they're more psychological in that you're just thinking about them, you don't feel them sometimes. And throughout recovery, cravings, while they're stronger, do tend to fade out the longer the person is sober. While thoughts and urges do stick around a lot longer and while they weaken in their strength, they can last a lot longer than cravings. Emotions, now that that person is not using or drinking, all those raw emotions that were previously suppressed are now out in the open and the individual has to deal with them in a healthy way, otherwise it can affect their recovery. Another major challenge is triggers, and a trigger is something that can be a person, a place, or a thing, or a situation that for the individual who has struggled with addiction has been associated with using. So, for example, seeing someone that they used to drink with or use with, being in a, being in a specific setting that reminds them of a time they drank or used, being in places they frequented when they were using or drinking certain emotions or certain smells. So for example, someone who is recovering from uh, an alcohol addiction, seeing an ad on TV for a beer commercial or some kind of alcoholic beverage can be a trigger or being in a bar can be a trigger. Being in concerts or on other people that are drinking can be a trigger. So seeing a uh, Maybe the bar at a restaurant can be a trigger for them. So also looking at certain behaviors, maybe getting in a conflict at work, getting in an argument with a spouse or a family member, getting in a fight with a friend, those things can trigger that initial response to go drink or use that for a long time may have been what they're used to doing. And again, depending on how long that person's been doing that behavior, will affect how long it takes for them to be able to rewire their way of thinking and rewire their brain into not going to that initial response. And triggers in the early phase of recovery are going to be very strong and the individual is going to feel more sensitive and susceptible to different stimulus around them and how that affects how they feel in that moment. And one of the most problematic challenges in the beginning of recovery is all the changes that they have to go through. Having to change their interests, having to change 
their social circle, for example, people around them that may have been hazardous or toxic to their recovery and overall well-being. And that can be a challenge because for a lot of people that may be all they know, all they have. And once the person has been dependent on a substance or alcohol for a long time, now we remove that from their life, there is a huge void, right? A lot of their social activities and the people they knew may have been revolving around the substance. Now that that is not there, there's a huge void that they don't know how to fill. They don't know what they like. They don't know what they want to do. And it's a state of confusion and just feeling like you're lost. Beyond that, there are issues that come up with friends and family. Now that the individual is in their recovery, they start to gain the clarity in how their relationships have been over the past X amount of time with, with friends or family, and and more specifically the damage that the drinking or the substance use has done to those relationships. And depending on the severity of the damage, it can affect how that person feels in their early stages of recovery where if there's a lot of damage, maybe they don't have as a strong of a support network as they would want to have because people have been pushed away or they don't feel like they trust them, there's a lack of communication and there are a lot of things that have to be repaired before that relationship can be whole again. Or maybe the person is coming to a realization that a relationship that they had previously thought was a healthy and good relationship now that they have achieved that clarity they're starting to see that this relationship was a toxic one or a codependent relationship or just in general an unhealthy relationship to have and that creates a conflict of its own because it means the individual then has to change those relationships and those could be relationships that they've had for a long time and they have no other ones. Just the fact that they have to make those significant changes in their life and go into something that they haven't done before, it feels like they're going into this uncharted, unknown territory that they don't know how it will be. There's an uncertainty to it that provides a lot of anxiety for that individual having to maybe place some boundaries that they haven't placed before with people in their life, having to not go into certain places they've gone before, or just talking with people that may affect their sobriety in a negative way. And that can be very difficult in the initial stages because, again, there's nothing to fill that void with yet. So there's that feeling of being lost. So those are among the initial challenges an individual in their early recovery can run into. Ongoing challenges can include mental health issues that are now in the open. Nothing is keeping them suppressed or the individual is no longer self-medicating to deal with them. So whether it's depression, anxiety, or trauma, any unresolved issue is now in the open and has to be dealt with in a healthy way or treated. There are, like I said before, damaged relationships and the damage will depend on the duration and the severity of the addiction and how it affected the people around that individual. And I think we have to also remember that people do not get training for this. No one gets training 
in how to deal with someone in their life that is struggling with an addiction or mental health issues. So it does take time for both the individual and the people around them to be able to work with what has happened. And uh, the treatment will only be for one person. It's going to be for those in their life as well. So for families or spouses or friends who were negatively affected by the addiction, it's going to be a group effort. It won't be uncommon that issues keep rising up from the past to regarding things that may have happened due to the addiction. It will be important to keep in mind that the individual who is going through the recovery and those around them are all traveling at different speeds in regards to um, coming back from this. I think the individual who struggled with the addiction may be feeling like their recovery is going faster than people around them may feel or how they feel about what happened in the past. Because for that person who is in their recovery, there are a lot of changes being made, right? There are a lot of, there's a lot of progress that they're making and they want to move past what has already happened. But for those who have been afflicted by the addiction indirectly or directly, it may take a little longer for things to go back to how they were or to be healthy again. And a lot of discrepancies can rise due to the unhealthy communication. I think we all have to realize that we can't read each other's minds. And for both the individual in the recovery and people around them, being able to communicate in a healthy way can be really important so that there are no discrepancies and things aren't taken the wrong way. And in other ways that, you know, we can help narrow that gap is through the involvement of family and friends. So this can look like going to treatment with them, whether it is a family session that they can attend and understand more about what's going on, understand more about their progress. Uh, additionally, going to open meetings. So there are different types of meetings uh, through AA and NA or any type of um, anonymous uh, meetings. Uh, there are open meetings where family and friends can attend as opposed to a closed meeting where it's only really for someone who is in their recovery and is trying to stay sober. Uh, and lastly, just receiving education on the topic, trying to read up on it, trying to understand what it is. Uh, again, we aren't trained to know what to do in these situations. So getting the education and the understanding is going to help in figuring out how to deal with things in the best way possible and for the individual who is in the recovery there's a um, dynamic continuum of proactivity and complacency in their recovery uh, where you know it's important that the person is still continuing to get ongoing treatment throughout their recovery they're not you know, remaining stagnant or just not going to do anything anymore once they've finished that first portion of their treatment. Continuing to attend support groups. So there are 12-step meetings, which are AA, NA, 
or smart recovery which are a little bit more different they're more skills based building your own support network which you know can keep you accountable uh, act like a second pair of eyes for you in a way uh, so that can be a sponsor or friends and family and these are people that will know what to do or know what to look for or see those signs that can tell them that you're going in the wrong way and they can kind of help you get back in the right direction. The journey of the recovery process much resembles a journey through a desert. So say you're going from one destination to the next and in between those two destinations there is a wide vast desert and as you leave one city and the beginning can kind of look back and see where you left. You get further in, you look back and maybe it's still there but you don't really know where you started. And then you find yourself in the middle of the desert and you don't really see where you came from and you don't see where you're going either. Maybe you have an idea of where you're going but you don't know for sure what it looks like and right now around you there is nothing and it feels scary because you don't recognize anything and it feels new to you but in the absence of direction how do we figure out where to go what can we use as our own personal compass and the answer to that is our values our values are a lot like a personal compass in that they help us figure out what direction we need to go in by understanding what's really important to us and what's not important to us we can start to make decisions based on our values. Is this decision gonna get me closer or further away from where I want to be? And values also help us make sense of ourselves, our identity, really formulating in our minds who we are and what we stand for. Another important part of this is that you don't have to walk alone. You don't have to do this alone. There are people around you that can help. And those people can also act like your guides throughout this process and that they can provide you with some sort of support, whether it's physical or emotional support. And that can be helpful along the way in your journey. So you don't have to walk alone. But reassessing our values and knowing who we are every now and then is going to be really important. So we know we are on the right direction. And... Lastly, just placing a lot of barriers between you and that next use, the potential for relapse. And there's a lot of things that, you know, on the surface may seem harmless or irrelevant, but, you know, they can snowball over time. So not doing what you're supposed to be doing in regards to treatment or your recovery um, can over time get you closer to the relapse because a relapse doesn't happen overnight it takes weeks where a person is not doing what they're supposed to be doing and that weakens their recovery that weakens their sobriety where something can happen and they aren't strong enough to deal with it and they end up relapsing or having a, a lapse in judgment and it's also really important to just try to find that happiness that enjoyment in your recovery if the only thing you changed in your life is not using or drinking then it will be pretty miserable because 
everything else will still be the same. Maybe you're hanging out with the same people that use around you or drink around you and there isn't really a healthy relationship there to begin with. You were putting yourself in risky situations and you're not doing anything different to change the cycle that you're in. And that can be very risky and lead to a relapse. So explore new hobbies, explore new interests, do new things that you don't necessarily know if you're going to like or not, but you might like. And you won't know you don't like them unless you try them out. Just being patient with yourself. Again, patience is important because none of this happens overnight. This is going to be a long work in progress. It's going to improve gradually, but it will improve nonetheless. And whether it's relationships or your personal well-being, it does take time. You know, with relationships, odds are you don't get to save someone from a burning building and win their trust back, but you get smaller chances every day to do certain things that you're supposed to do. And those things accumulate over time and you're able to improve that relationship and your mental health and your general well-being as well is works the same way you do small things over time and they accumulate and they provide you with that sense of uh, happiness or achievement and that adds up little by little but you just have to keep going be accepting of yourself and forgiving of yourself right a lot of things don't change if you don't forgive yourself for them and not accepting what's happened or willing to make changes is one of the biggest barriers to progress. If you're not allowing yourself to move past it, you won't be moving at all. You'll kind of be stuck in what happened or you'll be stuck in the past and not really making any changes in the present. And that's what really matters. And lastly, 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 do it for yourself because if you do it for someone else or something else if that thing is gone or that person is gone then it becomes difficult to figure out why you're doing this in the first place but if you do it for yourself then everything around you improves right if you are yourself in a better place then everything that you care about whether it's family friends or your job those things benefit indirectly or directly but if you're only doing it for someone else then it becomes very difficult for you to to sustain all the changes all the things that you may go through may be really difficult to deal with and with that ladies and gentlemen we come to the end of the fourth episode thank you so much for coming in and thank you for listening i appreciate your time and as always if you have any questions or topics you'd like to have me address on the podcast please reach out to me via email or um on twitter or facebook also make sure you're following us on facebook and twitter to make sure that you don't miss any updates regarding any new and upcoming episodes again thank you for coming in hope you enjoyed the show i'll see you next time